Welcome. It's your boy, G. Francois. And he is. Looks like it's him. Now, boys, I love me some European football. And oh, game week one, game week one was sweet. And I would love to get there and tell you all about the games I saw and some of the highlight goals and some of the big, big projections I have for this season. But we're going to start with uh, who I am and what this is. So it's an episode of Looks Like It's In, and I am G. Francois, the most magnificent super influencer in the world. And I am taking over the podcast game because uh, everybody's doing it, so why can't I? And I'm going to talk about my absolute favorite sport, and I'm going to talk about it incessantly because I'm going to bring it up on my back and make you all love the beautiful game. Because it's time that America catches up with the rest of the world. Because football is number one. And no, we're not talking about the NFL. So, with that being said, welcome to the best football slash soccer podcast in the world. We'll break down the top four leagues and all the happenings. So we're going to start with um, the trending topics from the transfer window and a couple of things that have interested me that I obviously have to start with. So I'm going to start with some news that is absolutely monumental, and that is Kevin De Bruyne out for about three to four months after finally getting hamstring surgery. Am I worried about Man City in the Premier League? Absolutely not, because I'm... They're Man City, and they're unstoppable. They're a powerhouse with multiple players. But will they be as convincing as last year? No. Do they have any threats in the UCL or the Prem? UCL? Yes. Prem? Absolutely not. Arsenal is good, but they don't have the fire, the firepower, mm, excuse me, up front to really make the difference. Now, let's get some more into some of these transfers. Everybody going to the Saudi League. I'm very interested in watching the Saudi Pro League. Getting some of the best players 25 and older to come out there who are looking for a huge payday to play. Uh, The top four to six teams seem to be well organized. The bottom of the league seem to have hungry, hungry, hungry competitors looking to make a name for themselves. I think it's going to be fun. I hope UEFA doesn't give in and give them a spot in the Champions League as a wild card, even though they have expanded the Champions League beyond necessary measures. So who knows what's next? It's a giant cash grab. Beyond that, I don't believe Manchester United should bring back Mason Greenwood, and they probably should look into suspending Anthony. No, not a social justice warrior, but... Sometimes you just got to be on the the wrong side, which happens to be the right side, until there is room for vindication. And if there is no vindication, then mm, we live in a tough world these days. Moving forward, we have some interesting incomings to Aston Villa this year in the Premier League. And I wonder, will that new center back pairing of Diego Carlos and Pau Torres with that new right winger, Diambi? Oh, Musa. That's what I'm going to call him. He is absolutely 
amazing. And uh, I think they're going to take it to the next level. And with Zignola, they might be able to get John McGinn on the bench finally and uh, pop off. So I look forward to that helping them. What I will talk about, which is hurting me the most, is not enough La Liga transfers. It seems as though only Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, and Real Madrid know how to buy and sell players. And this lack of TV money or this lack of proper funding or loans or the Spanish FA not stepping in, whatever the necessary precautionary measures that are needed to protect this league, I feel are not being implemented because we're looking at in the next 10 to 20 years, these teams being wiped off the map. Now, you do have strategic big time players like Sevilla and Real Batiste, who seem to be able to manage a 50 to $60 million budget every year and not spend all of it and seem to be able to bring in youth players and older players and experienced Spanish veterans to bring their teams through the Europa League and succeed at a high level. But there is a bottom half of the league that is starving for big-time talent and praying that their youth stars succeed either for a big payday or to be the necessary driving force for their team to not be relegated. And the relegated the relegation turnstile is it's like it's unbelievable. It's it's truly unbelievable. Um no big name players in the Bundesliga once again except for Bayern Munich bringing in Harry Kane and absolutely I think Harry Kane's going to be the difference maker to what to wipe Borussia Dortmund off the map, and Borussia Dortmund this year is looking good. I think Manchester United has messed up supremely by not bringing back Serbitza. I think he will have an amazing season after testing his body to be almost prim proven last year, which will give him a fitness advantage in the Bundesliga that I think will be unforeseen. And Malin is on a whole new level this year. I, I, I think DeVale Malin is going to be a big-time player, him. And Haller's link-up play has been just just simply incredible. Just just simply incredible. I know it's preseason, and preseason doesn't matter. But I look forward to seeing this Bundesliga race that I absolutely know will be a cakewalk for Bayern, despite how good RB Leipzig played in the Super Cup and... Uh, how good Leverkusen finished last year, and how amazing of a coach Javi Alonso is. Uh, Liverpool manager next three years. Don't quote me. Just choke me. Um, it's it's okay. It's okay. Um, we're going to move forward from there. I think there were some more big-time players that moved, but their movement didn't quite shake me. Um, besides Tanali to Newcastle, Tanali to Newcastle is unbelievable. That will turn out to be the prim signing of the year. And I think Eddie Howe knows what to do with them in his system. That doesn't have any defensive midfielders. They play old school with everybody being a box-to-box. In understanding defensive responsibilities and offensive freedom and obligation. Um 
yeah, they 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 there was a there were a lot of transfers once again, none of which really sparked my interest as much as big time players going to the Saudi Pro League and a couple of players moving in the prem. Uh nothing big time in Syria that really interests me besides Lazio uh getting some great youth prospects out of Juventus during this Juventus fire sale and Inter Milan doing this rebuild on the cheap. Actually, I don't know what I'm saying because I'm fumbling all over myself continuously saying that there's nothing that I'm interested in, but that AC Milan rebuild, complete reshuffle with the Tenali money. So I'm very, very, well, I'm getting ahead of myself, getting into prediction territory. Um. Well, I think that is all for this first segment. So uh, we'll be right back. I purposefully did not mention Chelsea. They're up to spending. Despite the change in ownership structure completely, I cannot forgive that level of spending. I will not scrutinize it because it was necessary and they are an absolute unit of a team. But the fact that I have to respect them through their rebuilding and transformation of their entire club, and they've already spent a billion U.S. dollars, I I don't know what to do with that. I don't know what to do with that. So we're going to move forward from that and get right into it. So we're going to talk a little La Liga at first, guys. And you want to know why? Because even though La Liga is not rated number one in your heart or a lot of people's hearts, or even in the FIFA ratings, La Liga's number one in my world. So we're going to start with a little La Liga and we're going to do match week one review. And it was a crazy match week. And it started off with Real Vallecano versus Almeria. And... Almeria, a team that just survived relegation last year, does not seem to be looking good. Giving Vallecano two first half penalties in a game they did not deserve, but they walked away with the dub. Almeria had more shots, more shots on target, more possession, more passes. They were more accurate with the pass, less yellow cards, more corners, and they were only offside once, yet were dominated and never had a win probability over 22% throughout the match. Um, The first week is an indication for how it's going. I'd say strong lineup and absolutely nothing else. They might have to do something about that back line, but what can you do? They build a team with what they have. And more importantly, they have to do something about that goalkeeper. On the other side, Villacano. You might have something back there. You know, a little Unai Lopez in midfield. A little Florentine Lejeune, you know. You may have something going. A little Torreo. <laughs> you know, a little Inteca. Uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't expecting a lot from your squad. And when you don't have to rely on foul Kyle and you can bring him in for clutch minutes to either kill off a game or to try to win it for you in the end. I think they're in good shape. 
Um, next we'd go to my surprise of the week, Valencia. They t- new management. Who this man? Like almost a three sixty, just staving off relegation, and now I feel like they they might be back in contention for European competition. Now I'm not talking Europa. I might be talking Conference League, but. I'm definitely talking European competition for Valencia. Um, once again, don't quote me; just choke me. Uh, Sevilla, Sevilla. Mm. The squad is here. The play is here. The pass is here. The aggressiveness in the tackle is here. It just. <sighs> Rare card late in the match. Uh, unfair numerical advantage. Sevilla takes advantage, wins the game. I'm sorry, Valencia takes advantage and wins the game. Uh, Bell Day red card. How impactful was it on the match? Inevitably, because Valencia walked away with the win, you'd have to say it was the most impactful part of the match. But the fact that Valencia... The fact that Valencia without really grabbing a foothold of the game, always had control of the tempo, control of the pace, more control in the match overall. But it's hard to explain. You, I just wanted to see a very dominant Sevilla where I know their counterattack game is strong. I know their central midfield is stout and... They can lock it up when they want to, and they just couldn't lock up Valencia. So I'm a little shaky on Sevilla this year. Um, Torona, Real Sociedad, that was a 1-1 draw. I really don't want to speak on that too much. Uh, the financial dominance of the Manchester City group being shown again. Uh, Kobo, Japanese wonderkin, showing you why he deserves to be back at Real Madrid, just amazing player, amazing player. Uh, Los Palmas, uh, Los Palmas. Will they stay up? Will they go back down? It's one of these yo-yo relegation teams. They had a 1-1 draw with Mallorca, and I really don't want to speak on this one either. Any surprising youth talents on Los Palmas this year? I don't see any yet. I'm looking forward to one popping up again. Um, it was a first half penalty that kept them in the match. They controlled possession after that. Mallorca kind of crawled up into a ball and played counterattack, but they got one off in the end, and a goal is a goal, so they're tied. And both of them need to fight to stay above the relegation zone, which uh, my hopes aren't too high. They will, one of the two of them will be relegated this year. Real Madrid versus Athletic Club Bilbao. Hala Madrid, you know, great team, great team, great team, great team, great team. I don't want any beef with the Madridistas, but like this game, it wasn't it. It was very disappointing uh, that Drew Bellingham goal was uh, flukes, not the word, but he did not mean to get such a fortuitous bounce, but that fortuitous bounce counted and 
that was all they needed to pretty much close out this game. The diamond midfield, I don't know if I love it, but in Ancelotti and uh, Davide, Ancelotti, I trust him and his son have done amazing things everywhere they go. And they have a very young and powerful team. Rodrigo, Rodrigo, Rodrigo. I'm I'm banging on you, kid. That goal, that goal is just just a microcosm of what you have to offer the game. I'm a big fan of Vinicius, but what you're gonna do in terms of goal scoring this year is is massive. Uh Nico Williams, you need to get the hell out of Bill Bow and Naki Williams, you need to work on your first touch and your hold up game. They have you up front, you have to hold the line. Are you a Lorente? No. But God darn it, get some Lorente in you. Um, Osasuna over Celta Vigo. Celta Vigo has lost too much in the midfield. They have absolutely no midfield control. And there should you should not be getting ran through by Osasuna. I, I, on, pff, under no circumstance should you be getting ran through. By Osasuna and Osasuna looks like something to be reckoned with this year. Um, backline not great, midfield not immaculate, but it's steady and it is powerful. And for Spain, I'm gonna call that a little bit of PMP. Frontline, frontline is a problem. Don't let them catch you on the flanks because they inside outside they gonna get up in you. So uh, Osasuna definitely to stay up this year and to. Try to see if they can get in some conference league because they got some fighting them. Like, so they got some dogs over there. Celta Vigo, they need to fix their midfield problems like early. They need to shape up. A lot of shots in this game, not a lot of shots on target. Uh, pretty much equal in possession, pretty much equal in passing, uh, pretty much equal in pass accuracy, even though, once again, uh, Osasuna wouldn't be as on it as. Celta Vigo, and that's why you were so worried about their midfield, because Celta Vigo, while slightly more tactically efficient, they weren't as direct, and that lack of directness. Whew, man. All right, moving forward to a game that a game that got me really excited, Real Batiste versus Villarreal. I want to see what Villarreal would be able to do after basically a fire, a fire sale summer. And... um. It's not looking too good. It's not looking too good. And, man, Pellegrini. And Pellegrini, I trust, man, getting goals out of Zanzi Perez, man. And he's bought back William Jose off the bench for the 90 plus five. Man. I don't know what to say. Uh, This Villarreal team, they will be in Europa League contention when it's all said and done. But right now, they don't look tip top. They don't look sharp. They don't look on it. They pass the ball around, but they look weak. Like they don't have anybody that they can trust in to get the ball in the goal or to execute a dynamic midfield pass. Now the whole team is switched up. You, you know, all you have from your old constants would be your Parejo and, you know, your Moreno, but it's like, they're getting old and they need to do something about that. This team is old. These players are not ready to kick on and move forward. It's, it's they'll be in Europe, but they'll be in Europe. That's all I can say. Um, the stinker of the week: Barcelona versus Getafe. Um, Rafinha, what are you doing? 
Xavi, what are you doing with this formation? Gundogan, where the hell do you play? Oh, man, it's like you so losing the belly and you you just that's when you realize you didn't have any wingers you trusted. I don't know what's going on, man. I don't like this four four two four two three one defensive interlock thing that he does. It's like I don't I don't know. I don't know. Xavi last year was a little bit better and Frankie the Young stepped the fuck up. Uh Alves versus Catiz, man. With the last minute red card, Catiz still held on and won one to zero. Didn't really watch this one, really didn't get the highlights of this one either. Don't really know too much what happened. But shout out to Catiz staying as far away from the relegation zone as possible for as long as possible. May they stay up. Shock of the week. Atletico Madrid absolutely slapping Grenada around. Is Murata back? I don't want to believe it. Memphis Depay super sub, I'm absolutely on it. Marcus Lorente trying to up his price before the end of the transfer window, gotta believe it. With the team in disarray, with Simeone being seen as somebody who is not a fan of offensive football, he's done it again. He can't stay on the exact formation. He can't choose if he wants his midfield to be physical or possession-based. He will not let go of Koke. Man, he's got some favorites, and he's got some injuries. <laughs> With Caesar Esbaliqueta, he does it again. Uh, ja Felix has to go. They need to get some money for him. They need more attacking options while having what you would think is a robust amount of attacking options. Rodrigo DePaul as the deepest midfielder is not going to work all season. They're going to need a body in there. Hopefully a destroyer, somebody robust. <sighs> Grenada mid-table, ninth or 10th. They got some fight in them. They got some fight in them. They held possession. They had more passes, equal pass accuracy. They got down for the fight, not as many fouls, um, equal corners, not as many yellow cards. You know, they, they they lack the money to have the necessary talent and finesse to compete with the Atleti. But this Atleti is is on it, the most on it. I've seen it in some years and starting off this early in the season, ready to get it, get it going. Man, I'm man. Hell of a game week number one. Hell of a game week number one. And shout out to Murata starting off a season with the goal and absolutely being on smoke, as the UK kids say. Oh, man. Ooh, you know, La Liga was hefty for your boy. Hefty. So, had to get a nice little sip of water and try to get back into something even heavier than that. La Liga magic. And that's the prim. And with the prim here, you know, game week one went pretty much to chalk. And I mean, the chalkiest chalk of all chalk. Super chalk Nintendo 64. Um, That was terrible. I'm sorry. That was bad. But I'm not going to apologize. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to apologize for that at all. So we're moving forward. We're going to talk about Man City versus Burnley. Vincent Company. I love you. Kid Young. Furious. A couple of names I absolutely loved on this squad. 
James Trasford, amazing. Conrad Roberts, uh, Byron, O'Shea, Santa Burge, Kalisho, I'm destroying that name, Foster, Cullum, like just a whole squad. Just I'm not familiar with a lot of these guys, but they're up and coming and they absolutely ran like they ran their heads off. You know, they were animals. They were impalas. They just went after every ball, every 50-50. They went for the dub, but they just obviously didn't have the skill, you know. And Burnley doesn't have the money to even compete with dominant champions like Manchester City. Now, Manchester City, on the other hand, while being fantastic, I'm not quite sure what to do with this current squad. Peps want to get Alves and Holland on the field at the same time. Seems interesting as if it should work and they should absolutely dominate teams offensively. Uh, this agent of Kevin De Bruyne, it is uh, it's, it's, it's rapid and his body is starting to deteriorate. And him being a necessary cog to this machine is the most painstakingly obvious thing I've seen this far in the early season. And there's nothing else to say because it was still a three to nil spanking by Manchester City in which Holland showed you that he doesn't need to touch the ball at all. When he touches it, he will score. And that Rodri, now after scoring that UCL championship winning goal, is in a mood to score and score often. And I think I like it. I think I like it a lot. Unfair red card in the 90th plus fourth minute. Um, It was dangerous. It was a little high. Oh, man, but he didn't mean it. He was just throwing his body at it. He was just throwing a body. And I guess, that, I guess that's the dangerous part that has to be punished. You can't just throw a body at it. That's just it's an appropriate play. Arsenal, Nottingham Forest. <sighs> Arsenal were slick and fast. And they're back at it. And Gabriel Martinelli is a hes a savage. He is an animal. He is pickles from Baki. He is just raw, rapid pace, agility, a willingness to try anything at any moment. Because he needs to get that dub straight out of the favelas. Man. Just, just, just a rugged dog just absolutely in love with Gabrielle Martinelli just an animal that no look 360 pass to <sighs> mister your defense is in trouble <laughs> unbelievable and the confidence of Eddie and Kedia <sighs> not a big enough striker to hold them up until Gabriel Jesus gets back and Jesus not big enough to hold them up without a rotation striker <sighs> but if they just had a little bit more firepower they would be unstoppable they're such a good team. They allowed Havertz to be a passenger to walk around and not run without being a defensive liability to their team. Nottingham Forest. <sighs> Trying to figure out what to do with Brendan Johnson is your issue. Seeing Brendan Johnson and Morgan Gibbs-White as your best players and not knowing who to flank them around is going to be an issue. Your big number nine, whose last name I'm not even going to try to pronounce, but he is athletic and amazing and phenomenal at 
hold up and build up play, you got to find a way to work them in there. You got to absolutely find a way to work them in there or you will be getting fired. Um, There's nothing else to say about this game, really. Arsenal dominated. Alenga got in when the game got slow, when legs got heavy. And Alenga does what Alenga does best. He ran the length of the field and found an open man. And kudos to him for that. That's absolutely phenomenal play for him. He's got an assist earlier in the season showing Manchester United with their missing on the left-hand side. Because they, oh, man, Manchester United. We'll get to that in a second. Crystal Palace versus Sheffield United. Sheffield United with no firepower with, once again, selling to survive, getting up, trying to figure out what they're going to do, not blowing too much money, not sure if they're going to go right back down or not. Uh, Uncertainty in the team and a lack of a high-quality goalkeeper will absolutely take them right back down. Never thought you would miss Billy Sharp, but Jesus Christ, can you get a 33-year-old Billy Sharp back, please? Ooh, man, Crystal Palace. No Elise, no problem. No Elise, no problem. Man. Mm-mm-mm. Edward? Awesome? Edward? This man couldn't hit the goal last year. Crystal Palace under Roy Hodginson is just like, I don't know what Roy's doing with the boys, but Roy's got them motivated. Got them motivated. Luton Town, you're going back down. Don't want to talk about it. I'm so happy to see you up. I look forward to watching every Luton game this season, supporting them, maybe buying a jersey. I wish I could make it out to a game. I want nothing but the best for you, but you are going down, and there's nothing you can do about it. Brighton, they just sold their whole team, and nobody in the league should want to play them. They're fast. They're angry. And they know when to speed it up and slow it down better than nobody else. When you have a Solly March who should be a bench warmer, performing out of his skin, 95-plus agility, you know, FM superstar, wonderkin levels, there's nothing you could do with this team. Like, their worst player gets a 7.5 every game, and they are going to be devastating this season. Juan Pedro penalty. When did they get Juan Pedro and why? They they don't even need him. They got Evan Ferguson. Oh, that doesn't matter. Evan Ferguson in a 90 plus five. Oh, they just bought a new player that nobody's absolutely heard of. Scores in the 85th minute. Basically just gets four or five touches before absolutely obliterating the back of the goal. Brighton, terrifying. Fulham, Everton. Everton won the game and somehow still lost. Fulham, they might be going down. If Mitrovic leaves, there's... 75% chance they're going down. Game was absolutely boring because Everton dominated in every way possible from uh, Garner to uh, Wobi to DeCurry doing this uh, deep line playmaker to center attacking midfielder box-to-box role where he would shoot back and help out Dries Gay and then shoot forward and and then run with the strikers. It was... it, It just... I, Sean, Sean Dyche has Everton moving and they still didn't win. Uh, it's frustrating even to have wasted my time watching any of that. Just wish I didn't waste any time on that. Just just Everton, please, please don't go down. Just Jesus Christ. And rest in peace to the worker who tragically died while working on the construction of the new 
Everton Stadium. Uh, rest in power. Um, many condolences to your family. Next game, Newcastle versus Aston Villa. Newcastle could win the league this year. If somebody, somebody has to stop Newcastle. Not Newcastle has to stop Manchester City. Somebody has to stop Newcastle from winning the league. Newcastle are absolutely devastating. Having Izak, and when you get tired of getting Izak down your throat, you're going to get Colin Wilson, and you're going to get that all season long. You're going to get Aaron, you're going to get Anthony Gordon and then Harvey Barnes all season long. You're going to get Tenali, Joel Linton, Bruno Gamerish. <sighs> okay, if you would have told me any of those names two years ago, I would have told you that's not a problem. You put them together. On Newcastle United, you give them Eddie Howe. You give them the freedom to express themselves in absolute rugged and simple instructions. And you will watch them dominate anybody else who doesn't have a clue of what to do. He's got some of the most beautiful and forward-thinking forwards you can get. All they want to do is run at the goal, run at the goal fast, direct, and with a aim to penetrate. He's got midfielders who don't want to score. All they want to do is corral the ball, move the ball, and stop anybody else from enjoying playing the game. Mm. Absolutely terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Aston Villa, I had high hopes for you as early as this intro. Like, just crazy high hopes. Like, apple pie in the sky hopes. And um, we're going to see. We're going to see. Tyrone Mings out for the season. Hopefully, they'll get that back line right. And like I said, Zignolo will hopefully change the next game. But that is a real wait and see there. Brentford 2, Tottenham 2. New Tottenham is fire. Basuma Skip. Basuma Skip Madison. Top three midfields in the league? Think about it. Think about it. Sit on that. Do they have a back line and a goalkeeper to allow them to get into the UCL next year? At this current moment, no. Can they do something before the transfer window is over? Probably not. Can they get better at the team in jail and sneak into the top five? There's a chance of that, even without Harry Kane. Brentford. You guys got to sneak in a European competition. You absolutely, you must, you must. Even without David Rea, you must find a way in a European competition because you're too good to not get an influx of money that will allow this team to get good enough to really compete with the big boys. They need to sell like Brighton and they need to win. They need to win. Just just simply win. They need to win. No draws. Cut back on some of these losses. You got to win. Especially when you have people on the people over the barrel like they had top them today. Whew, man, they had Tottenham over that barrel. That was... Who they had Tottenham over the barrel? Tottenham, great, but they had him over the barrel. Battle of the Mid, hyped up as the game of the week. Absolutely disappointed. Chelsea, Liverpool, 1-1. No DM, no midfield control. Clean open play from one end to the other. Chelsea surprisingly stood up in the face of adversity when you thought Liverpool would have... Slapped them around, so he 
guess you got to give him credit for that. But um, I don't want to. So Liverpool, uh, they're attacking front four with Gakpo coming up to play in what seems like a swing double striker. Well, second striker attacking midfield role. It looks fun, but it looks complicated. It seems to lack a little bit of balance. I'm not quite sure what his goal is. And hopefully their new CDM will solve that. He keeps seeming like he's stuck between playing the way they used to play and a new way that he's trying to find and feeling a little shaky on Jurgen Klopp this year. Feeling a little shaky. He doesn't shape up soon. He may have to leave because this team is more than good enough to compete, not just for top four, but for the league. Now, a game that I'm not even going to talk about at all is Manchester United 1, Wolves 0. It was nothing to see. Wolves can't score, but they have an amazing counterattack. Man United looked disjointed, discombobulated, and just because they were simply, simply the better team, they got a goal. Um... Yeah, there's nothing to say about that. That was that was disappointing. Man United, Europa at best. Europa for United. Hopefully. All right, folks, we're going to come in here with another one that is a little spicy for me. We're talking league predictions, and we're talking a little Serie A, a little Bundesliga. So with the Serie A and Bundesliga this year, you know, you want to go a little chalk. Now, I want to downgrade Napoli as if there's going to be some contenders in the Serie A. And unfortunately, I don't think there will be. So here's my top four for the Serie A. We're going to go number one, Napoli. Number two, new look AC Milan. Number three, Inter. Number four, and this is a surprise one, folks, Lazio. Number five, Juventus. Number six, Roma. I gave you your expanded six because I know you wanted to hear it. I know I said four, but I had to go all the way to six. All right, folks. So once again, that is Napoli. Number one, New Look, AC Milan. Number two, Enter. Number three, Surprise, Lazio. Number four, Juventus, number five, and Roma, number six. Top goal scorer, obviously, Osimar. Top assist, I'm going to take it back to Napoli, give the key to Tiela. Um, top clean sheets. I'm going to give it to Mike Mignon of AC Milan. Who's going to win the cup? Who's going to win the cup? I'm going to give the cup to Inter again because Inter has been going on a hell of a cup run. Um, Latoro Martinez to have another good season. AC AC Milan has so many quality players from Chukese to Loftus-Cheek. And I know some people aren't fond of these guys, but... They've just got so many new. Oh, man. Musa, they have the right 
kind of players and enough backline players. And you have your Benacir. If they can just jail, if they can just jail faster than Napoli can get, get a grasp on these new tactics, they might be able to push for number one. But I'm going with Napoli. All right, we're going to move forward to the Bundesliga. And you already know what it is. It's Bayern Munich for number one. And it's not enough to talk about top goal scorer, Harry Kane. Mm. Top assist, I don't know. I, 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 just, I just can't tell. Because it, it's just, just so many explosive amount of goals. I want to give it to somebody from Leverkusen. Maybe a friend pong. You know, I'm gonna go to friend pong. Friend pong for Leverkusen most assists. Um, man, top clean sheets. That is a big one. Top clean sheets. I'm gonna go with whoever the Bayern Munich goalkeeper is gonna be because, uh, man, the Bundesliga is just such a offensive league. Just, just the amount of defensive struggles, the big goals. Clean sheets is just too hard to call. So then let me give you my top five, and it's going to go Bayern Munich, RB Leipzig, Borussia Dortmund. Oh, man, I still... Mm. Leverkusen. Union Berlin. In Wolfsburg. Man, that's man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with that. And those were my league predictions for Serie A and the Bundesliga. All right, folks, and thank you for staying this long, man. I really appreciate it. And I hope you smash that five stars and leave a great review. Talk some smack to me. Tell me about how I don't really know anything and how your team is the greatest. But make sure you smack that five stars. Leave a review. Share it with your friends. Share it on all your internet platforms. And be sure to start some of these discussions in your local community. Build some friends up. And if you got some time, kick some ball. It's nothing like organizing a park game with your friends with your family, staying active. And if you got a beautiful mom for the beautiful game, please, please, please look at the coaching in your local community. Local grassroots teams need high quality coaches, sometimes three and four at a time, because you know in today's economy, it's hard to focus on having that spare time to dedicate to high quality coaching. So folks, once again, thank you for being here. Be sure to smash that five-star review, leave a comment, leave questions, share with your friends, share on social media, and get back to the grassroots game. All right, we're getting to the tail end of the episode, so we're talking game week two previews for some leagues and opening week previews for other leagues. So let's start with the opening league previews. So we're going to do the Serie A and then the Bundesliga. So when I do previews, I try to stick with my big games 
only mindset. So I don't wrap you up with things that you're not quite interested in. But opening week for the Serie A doesn't quite have that big game energy that I really want to leave on you. So I'm going to talk about the top teams in the league and do predictions for their games. So we're going to start with the defending champions, Napoli versus Frozione. And I got this one being a wash. New system, new manager, same team for the most part. So I'm going to go with a 2-1 win for Napoli. All right. Then we got a gut buster here. We got Genoa versus Florentina. I'm thinking Florentina, as long as Amrabat is in the game, they got to win. We're going 1-0 Florentina. Inter versus Monza. If Inter doesn't absolutely smash this game, I'm going to be so disappointed. I need to from Lataro Martinez. I'm saying 2-1 Inter for the win. All right, we got Roma versus Salamantana. And Roma did a lot of good transfers. A lot of good transfers. I'm a little shaky to see what that starting lineup is going to be. But in Jose, I trust. So we're going to go for a 3-1 win for Roma. All right, we got Lazio versus Lecce. Um, we're going to say I need another dub. I'm going to need a dub from Lazio. I'm going to need a big game. This is a team that yo-yos between Serie A and Serie B. So I'm going to need a 2-1 win from Lazio. <sighs> Juventus versus Udinese. Udinese last year got off to a hot, hot start with some impressive forward moving play. But no Yadogi. Let's see how they rebuilt. I'm going to ask for a tie. We're going 2-2 with a good game from Udinese. And last but not least, we're going Begonia versus Milan. This new look Milan. Do they have the juice? This isn't quite the match to get the squeeze, but we'll get a really good look because they should be pressed, but not to the point in which a mistake should be made. So we're going to give it to Milan, and I'm going for a big one. I'm going 3-2 to Milan. So, folks, that is your Syria opening week big game preview. Lock it in. Lock it in. Lock it All right, so next we're going to the Bundesliga to give you that week one magic. And, of course, I don't know what to tell you. These are always high-scoring affairs. Is there any big game magic this week? Yeah, we got it. We got Dortmund versus Cologne. Does Cologne have that staying power this season? I am not quite sure. Does Dortmund have what it takes to dethrone Bayern Munich? I'm not quite sure. But I know I'm going to get a high-scoring game. So I'm going to go 3-2 Dortmund. All right. We also have Leverkusen versus Red Bull. Man, that one's going to be tight. So I'm going to call for a 2-2 draw. Then we have opening day game with Bayern Munich versus Werder Bremen. I'm going to say Bayern to smash this one. So 3-1 to Bayern. 
Um, what else do we have here that's interesting? Uh, we got Union Berlin versus Mainz. I'm going to need one from Union Berlin. So we're going to go 2-1 to Union Berlin. They've been in a fast start in preseason. I know preseason doesn't matter, but sometimes form is an indicator. All right. Those are the big matches for week one in the Bundesliga. So let's move forward to game week number two for the Liga and see what big matches we have for you. All right. Big matches, big matches, big matches. We have, we got a cracker here. We have Atletico Madrid versus Real Betis. Now, this is the big game energy I am talking about. This is the kind of game where I'm going to stop everything and I'm not going to talk about any other matches this week. We'll review all the other matches, but we're not talking about anything else besides this. Real Batiste has won just one of their 21 meetings with Atleti in La Liga since Simeone has arrived. They have. Four draws, 16 L's. Mm-mm-mm. Their one win came in February 2019 under Kike Setien. He is now coaching a whole two other teams since then. It's crazy. It's crazy. Okay, Athleti have won 11 of their 18 away games. At Batiste, Seville will be rocking. Seville will be rocking. Oh, man. Mm-mm-mm. Real Betis, they're on, a, they're on a win streak. They're on a win streak from last season. I don't know if it's going to carry over. I don't know if they got what it takes to take down this high-flying Atletico Madrid. I don't know about these starting lineups. But I do I do know we got some big injuries on the Batiste side. No Fakir, no Carvalho. And they really haven't used Carvalho in a year or so. Uh, on the Atleti side, we got no Jimenez, no Molina, no Madalva. We got... Real Batiste with a 25% chance of winning, 27% to the draw, and 48% to say Athleti will win. And like I just told you, in the last five head-to-head, it's been one draw, four wins to Athleti. None of which Batiste have even scored more than once. Oh, man. It's a big game. It's early in the season. In the standings, it's third versus seventh. But it's just so early in the season that it's going to have implications later on. It's going to really let you know who's ready to tackle the rest of the teams in the league and who need to reevaluate what's going on with their team. And I'm just so excited. I'm excited to see what Pellegrini has for Simeone. And I'm excited to see what lineup Simeone is going to put out. This is a game that's screaming for Jao Felix, but he's no longer part of the team. Mm-mm-mm. Do real Batiste have the creators? 
Yeah, man. I'm going to say, folks, you're going to have to lock this one up for Atletico Madrid. This one is going to be uh, this one's going to be tight. I'm going 2-1 to Atleti. Okay, and last but not least, folks, we're going to get right into it. We're going straight to the prim, and we're talking about the biggest of big games. We're talking Newcastle versus Manchester United. Preview, Erlen Holland, Isaac, two guys that are big, fast, direct, and know how to get to the goal and know how to get it inside the goal repetitively. And they're going to do it gung-ho or die trying. Midfield right now with no Kevin De Bruyne, I'm going to have to give the midfield to Newcastle. Defense, always Manchester City. Newcastle's defense is steadfast, but the quality is just it's just not there. Goalkeeper, one's a shot blocker, one's a finesse passer on the ground. I'm gonna have to give that as a tie. Then we're gonna have to label it. It's gonna if we had to label it, it's gonna go down to the coaching. And it's obviously Pep Guardiola over Eddie Howe. So we're looking at it's balanced at every point where one is slightly better than the other, the, the other is slightly better than the other. And it's going to be about in-game tactics. So I'm going to have to give this one to Manchester City, and I'm going to say it's a big win for Manchester City. 3-1 to one over Newcastle. And I'm going to, have to give you a bonus game, a bonus game, because it's really big games in the Prem so far. We got United versus Tottenham. I got Tottenham over United 2-1. to one. I really don't have anything good to say about United. I'm really disappointed in Eric, T- Eric Ten Hag this season. And I'm very surprised at what Ange Postacostalu has already been doing for his team. <sighs> Rich Allison is a problem. But United has been playing so high and so loose in the midfield that he might be able to get open and have more than enough time to be composed on the ball to actually score. And that's... That's going to be a big fear for them today. Are they going to be so open that they'll get ran through like they were ran through versus Wolves? And Tottenham's going to know what to do with that. So once again, those were my week two big game previews and opening week big game previews for Serie A, Bundesliga, La Liga, and the Premier League. So, folks, once again, I'd like to thank you for staying this long. This was the first episode of Mini. Come back every week. Lock in these picks. Talk your. And we're going to keep it moving because there's so many games. There's so many beautiful games. There's so many big players, big goals. We're going to get in all the action. And for the big games that I absolutely love and can't wait to talk about, I will do in-depth Big game reviews the moment the game is over. It'll be ready for your consumption. I can't wait to meet some of you. I can't wait for some of you to follow me. I can't wait to be you guys' friends as we talk about the most beautiful game. And I share my love for what I can't get enough of. Thank you. And once again, five-star review. Leave a comment. Share with your friends. Share with the community. And get back into the grassroots game. I can't thank you enough. You've been wonderful. Stop, stop. I can't take any more applause. I love you. I love you. I know it's Jean Francois. 
America's number one super influencer saying thank you for being here for the first episode of Oh My Looks Like It's In. <laughs> and before you guys leave, I want to leave you with a question where you can reply on X at F-U-C-K Francois. That is at F-U-C-K-F-R-A-N-C-O-I-S. The question is, folks, top striker in Europe this season. Is it Harry Kane with Bayern Munich? Oshiman with Napoli? Or Brut Holland with Manchester City? Be sure to reply to me on X at F-U-C-K-F-R-A-N-C-O-I-S. Once again, that is Francois on X. And the question is, top striker in Europe this season, Kane, Osimhen, or Holland? And if you're on Spotify, be sure to subscribe, leave your comment, your five-star review, and check in with the Q&A and the poll on the page. You have a great day. Enjoy the beautiful game. And looks like it's in, folks.